Over the past several weeks, the Wall Street Journal has published a series of stories which show that Facebook knows its platform is causing harm, but in most cases, hasn't taken significant steps to stop it. The findings are in large part based on an array of internal documents gathered by a whistleblower. And since they were published, that whistleblower, Francis Haugen, has come forward and testified in front of Congress. Among the lawmakers who question Haugen is Senator Amy Klobuchar. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Thank you so much, Ms. Haugen, for shedding a light on how Facebook time and time again has put profit over people. Klobuchar heads the Subcommittee on Competition Policy, Antitrust, and Consumer Rights, which means she has a lot of power when it comes to regulating tech companies. And yesterday, I sat down with Senator Klobuchar to ask one of the biggest questions in this debate. Should these tech companies be broken up? Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, October 20th. Coming up on the show, Senator Amy Klobuchar on how she plans to rein in tech giants like Facebook. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Facebook has pushed back on the Wall Street Journal's reporting. The company says the documents gathered by Francis Haugen don't accurately portray its efforts to police the platform. It also says that Haugen wasn't a senior-level employee and isn't aware of the company's thinking. Still, these documents and the journal's reporting have been a catalyst for action on Capitol Hill. Yesterday, we spoke with Senator Amy Klobuchar about how these findings have changed her thinking on tech regulation. The conversation was part of the Wall Street Journal's Tech Live conference. Senator Klobuchar, thank you so much for joining us. We have a lot to cover, so I want to get right to it. I wanted to start with your reaction to the Wall Street Journal's recent investigative series and Francis Haugen, the Facebook whistleblower's recent testimony, which you, of course, attended. What was your reaction when the Wall Street Journal started publishing those stories in September? My reaction was uh, finally, and not in terms of the Wall Street Journal, uh, but finally uh, this issue of dominance and the need to protect not only kids, but consumers was put in a light uh, that seems real to people. Even though there were attempts to undermine her by the company, I think she really gained the trust of the lawmakers and she gained the trust of the public. And it just opened up a whole new world for people seeing this. And the final thing I'll say about it is parents. I just did a, a Zoom call with a bunch of parents. And I think for them, It was cathartic because they feel so alone. They're trying to get their kids off the platforms. Now they find out uh, with some of the recent reporting that Instagram was trying to keep these kids on three to four hours a day and bemoan the fact when it goes to less than three to four hours a day that they're trying to get them off the addiction. They're trying to not have them exposed to content. Uh, I just heard a senator tell me at lunch today that 
well, one of his relatives, a kid, had done a report, a public health report on vaping, and now has received tons of vaping ads uh, for vaping stuff. Uh, I think it just shows you what's happening. Yeah, I'd like to dive into that, and I want to stay on kids for just a moment. One of the things that um, Frances Haugen talked about in her testimony that the Wall Street Journal reported was that for one in three teen girls, Instagram makes body image issues worse. What kind of a regulation can even tackle a problem like that? Number one, privacy law, I think, helps just generally. It changes the rules of the game. Parents can opt out of having their data used. It just changes the way the whole thing's organized, a strong law. Secondly, uh, the kids' rules, the Online Privacy Act, improving that to include 13 to 15-year-olds and to put in some more rules of the roads of what kids can be exposed to and what advertisements they can receive. Third, uh, competition policy. And to me, that means allowing competition in the marketplace, new entrants to get in. And then finally, the algorithms that are really uh, promoting uh, what I think can be uh, very, very difficult content for parents uh, would be another thing to look at. Hearing these parents from Minnesota that were on a call with me talking about how they're desperately trying to get their kids off of this stuff and how they're little, you know, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds, how they are going to older, their older kids to try to get them to figure out how to turn off certain things so they don't have access, the targeted ads. It's, it's just unbelievably scary for parents right now. And as policymakers, we have to step in. What kind of a regulation do you think could help on something like that? Because I mean, if you were to raise, let's say, the age limit to which kids are allowed to get on from 13 to 17, would something like that even be effective, given the fact that so many kids under the age of 13 Good currently question. are able to access social media? Yeah, I mean, I think it could only help, but you also could do more on who is on there with registration. These are the most sophisticated companies in the world. We think they can figure out who is on these accounts and they can limit the kids' exposures to these accounts. That's one answer. Another way Klobuchar wants to protect kids is by looking at the algorithms social media companies use to promote content. The Wall Street Journal has found that Facebook's algorithm can push users toward content that might be harmful. For instance, teen girls with eating disorders are often shown more dieting content. Facebook disagrees with this characterization and says its algorithms aim to protect users from harmful content. Currently, a provision in a 1990s tech law known as Section 230 shields tech companies from being held accountable for harmful content and treats tech companies as platforms rather than publishers. As you know, obviously, Section 230 protects tech companies from the content that their algorithms promote. It protects them from all content that gets posted on their platforms. How do you think Section 230 needs to change? Well, I've suggested um, some focus changes to it. Um, but it is possible we'll have to go even bigger unless we find other ways to fix this. As you know, what that means is they can't be sued. And the way I describe this to people is if you yell fire in a crowded theater, uh, that's not protected speech. If there's a stampede, the theater probably won't be sued. If the theater decides to use um, speakers and have it broadcast what the person is saying or whatever misinformation they're putting out there, they'd be sued. Uh, right now, these social media companies aren't putting that content on themselves, but they are broadcasting that content. And here's the key, making money off of it because that's how they get more money from polarized speech, targeted things. 
So the argument would be you could do it by type of speech. I suggested at least for vaccine misinformation, Senator Ray, Ben Ray Lujan and I have a bill to do this, um, that you shouldn't have immunity if that's getting amplified. Um, we're not talking here about people's comments. We're talking about the money they make amplifying it or if they are amplifying it. But, you know, you could if I, I think there's more and more interest I've heard in the hallways, I will say, um, at, from senators on both sides of the aisle on a more blanket uh, getting rid of the Section 230 immunity. So as you imagine changes to Section 230, do you see it tailored to just to social media companies or do you see changes coming to Section 230 that would cover all tech companies writ large? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to opine on that right now because my changes have been very uh, narrow, the ones I've suggested. But the more that time goes on, I'm not the only one that starts wondering if we should um, not just have the narrow changes. I'm not talking about what platforms necessary it applies to, uh, but at least what the breadth of the lifting of the immunity is. Um, and, you know, I hope that those words, which aren't meant as a threat, are some motivation uh, for people to come forward and realize that the words just trust us just aren't going to fly anymore. After the break, Senator Klobuchar looks beyond Facebook. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Canva. It's time to ditch your old presentation programs at work and try Canva presentations instead. It'll help you create stunning slides in no time. No design experience needed. Just start with one of the designer-made templates or generate something in seconds with AI. Then polish it up and get ready to wow your audience. It's that easy. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Design for work. Tap the banner to learn more. Senator Klobuchar thinks a lot about antitrust. Not only does she head a Senate subcommittee on it, she also wrote a book that's literally called Antitrust. And when it comes to regulating big tech, she said that breaking up tech giants should be on the table. And right now, it is. Late last year, the Federal Trade Commission sued Facebook and the Department of Justice sued Google over their alleged monopolies in the tech industry. But Klobuchar says this isn't as drastic of a step as it may sound. I think when you just heard break up a company, I think that, you know, that can sound like you're trying to demolish a company far from it. So, yes, um, as you're seeing right now with the FTC case on Facebook, the DOJ Department of Justice case on Google, they are looking at these companies and saying, OK, maybe we should have them divest themselves of certain assets, not make the company go away, not blow the company up, but simply divest them of assets. And I think that's a legal decision to be made. What I want to do with the law is go after this exclusionary conduct, which I think is outrageous. Exclusionary conduct, like a company using its position as a platform to gain a competitive advantage. 
again, a Wall Street Journal reporting a while back about, and I thought it was such a great example of that, was the case of an employee of Amazon's private label arm accessing a detailed sales report with 25 columns of information on a car trunk organizer produced by a small Brooklyn company called Fortem. I have to say these trillion dollar companies, you might not think they cared about a car trunk organizer, but they do. And in 2019, Amazon started selling three trunk organizers of its own. When shown the collection data, Amazon had gathered about his brand before launching their own competing product. Fortim's co-founder called it a big surprise. Amazon has said it would be a violation of its policies if employees use data like this. Last week, Klobuchar introduced a bill that would outlaw this kind of tactic. The bill would also ban other non-competitive behavior, like biasing search results or misusing a business's data to compete against it. So one of the tenets of our bill, based on what we've heard um, in addition to this Wall Street Journal story, is that you shouldn't be able to copy stuff from people who are advertising on your platform, since no one else has that advantage to get that data and then promote it. Secondly, you shouldn't be able to put your own products up on top of everyone else. Third, if you're going to be making, uh, you're going to have all these services that people can buy, great. Uh, But then you can't tell other companies, well, the only way you're going to get at the top of the search engine is if you use our our services. Or the only way you're going to get on the top in Amazon is by using our services. It sounds like you're seeing this bill as a way, short of breaking up tech companies, this is a way to sort of use the law to make the lot type companies that say the same size that they are, but just make it more difficult to do the things that they're able to do using their size. And I'm not I'm not conceding they should say stay the same as they are, but I think this is one way to go at it where we're going to get a lot of bipartisan support. And I think they've realized that. The other things that we can do, of course, is look at these mergers more closely. And I would say going forward, um, you can make some law changes to make that easier. And if you believe in capitalism like I do. I really do. Then you believe there's market-based solutions to a lot of this stuff, but not if you don't have those options. And the final thing I'll say is for news reporting and the like, um, if they gobble up everything and make put newspapers out of business and other news organizations, um, like what we saw happen in Australia, the attempt to do that, um, then you're also going to have a problem for our democracy. A lot of tech companies right now are talking about how tech ought to be regulated. As I'm sure you've seen, Facebook has been running ads all over the place saying that it's time to update the nation's tech laws. Mm -hmm. What areas do you think Facebook and you agree? Okay, well, um, they support my Honest Ad Act. I know that they didn't at first, but then they did for disclaimers and disclosures on political ads. Uh, I would hope, as like many of the companies now, they want to see a federal privacy law. I think how that privacy law works um, will be a question. They, uh, One of the things they've said is, well, yeah, we can look at changing some immunity or doing some things if as long as we um, meet certain standards and certain do certain things. And that really was a, a red light to me. But like I said, we've had a lot of conversations and salons on these topics, um, not including yours, Ryan, right now. Um, but, you know, it's time to actually get some bills passed. And I've been doing this for, I think, about 10 years. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is our big year. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that people started 
lifting the hood and looking at the effect on real people. And that's part of what the whistleblower did, that this isn't just big company versus big company. These are real people and it's our democracy at stake here. Well, Senator Klobuchar, thank you so much for joining us today. And thanks to everybody who tuned in on Twitter. It was a lot of fun, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. That's all for today, Wednesday, October 20th. This interview was recorded as part of the WSJ Tech Live conference. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.